Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the River Heights Buzz Podcasts. We are your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. Can you believe that we're on episode 51 today, Candace? Honestly, no. It's crazy. It is. It's like, we say this all the time, but like time is just flying here. No, it really is. It really is. And I guess that's what happens when you're having fun. So it makes sense. <laughs> we were talking and it's just like, I'm so glad that Candace is my buddy for this whole Nancy Drew stuff <laughs> because <laughs> it's just, I wouldn't, like if you do it on your own, that's one thing. It's, you know, to me that seems kind of boring because it's like a one-sided station. Mm-hmm. But if you have like a partner, it makes it more fun. No, yeah, absolutely. And you're getting another person's point of view. Um, and, you know, you and I have a lot of similar interests, but we're also very different people at the same time. Um, so it it really does make for a fun conversation. And then, like, with all the other creators that we've talked to, they're all very different people as well. Um, and so it's just really interesting to get everybody's point of view and everybody's opinions all together and kind of see where we fall on the same thought process and where we don't. Yeah. And obviously, like, each podcast that comes out for, like, whatever topic it is, like, for us, like, for, as a Nancy Drew podcast, there's, like, so many other ones. Each one does their own thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's okay. Like, if there's the It's Lock podcast, they do just the games. Regular Nancy Drew, they do a little bit of everything, just like us. So, you know, everyone's different. They do what they want to do, just like us. Here we yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too. And then like, if you think about like, um, like YouTube channels, like, um, Michael Gray, Argelfump, he does the Nancy Drew walkthroughs and he does like what he calls the mega marathons every year where he plays through all the games every year and he does commentary. And then there's people like our friend Hugh and the walkthroughs who does, um, a little bit of everything as well. Like he does Q and A's and he does unboxing videos and he's done um, like he played the beta version of uh, secret of shadow ranch. And so it, it's just, it's interesting to see um, not just in the podcast arena, but just all of social media, how all of the Nancy Drew fans kind of show their love um, for the fandom in different ways. Exactly. Before we get into what we're going to talk about, We have a little bit of news. For our one year anniversary, which is in like, when this episode comes out, it's our one year anniversary is coming out in like three weeks. Yeah. Um, We're going to do a bit of a Q&A, aren't we, Candice? Yes, we are. Do you want to explain a little bit of what will happen? Um, I mean, it's going to be pretty much your standard kind of Q&A. You all um, can submit questions to us on any of our social media, whether that be our Facebook group, our Instagram, our Twitter, or our email. Um, and just let us know any kind of burning questions you have for us. And we, we'll answer within reason. Um, you know, we both do like to keep some things about our lives private. Um, but if you have questions about like our opinions on, um, anything Nancy Drew related or anything like that, we'll be more than happy to 
answer those. And then some personal things within reason kind of just depends on what's being asked. But yeah, I mean, super simple. So any questions you have for us, go ahead and send them our way and we will compile a list and we'll go from there. Very well explained. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. The deadline to send in your questions is this coming Friday, October 7th. So keep an eye on the deadline. We'll make a post about it, that Mm -hmm. whole thing. So stay tuned. Don't know when that post is going out yet. Before the episode comes out, after, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Without further ado, I think we shall discuss what we're talking about today. Shall we, Candice? Yes, I'm ready to go. Alrighty. So today we will be talking about Nancy Drew, the 2007 movie. The movie is about, with her magnifying glass and fingerprint powder in hand, Nancy Drew leaves River Heights for Hollywood, but not to meet that guy on Smallville as her boyfriend (laughs) Ned fears. No, she's out to solve one of the greatest mysteries ever, the death of movie star Delia Draycott. But the bigger mystery is how our perky, lad-clad sleuth will fit in with the text messaging queens of mean she meets at Hollywood High. Join Emma Roberts as Nancy in this timeless girl detective mystery as she finds danger, adventure, and romance. Because wherever Nancy goes, excitement follows. The release date was June 15th, 2007, And the running time was 99 minutes, or 1 hour and 39 minutes. So. So, um, I thought it was pretty funny that you said it it came out in 2007. And in the movie, I think she was supposed to be like 16. Yes. So, when this movie came out, I was around that same age. So, I think that it was kind of nostalgic for me in that aspect. Um, This is the first time that I've ever watched this movie. I had heard about it, um, just never got around to watching it. And that's kind of what I have enjoyed so far. This is only our second time talking about um, a movie version of Nancy. Um, But for the last one as well, the 2019 movie, I had never seen it, didn't know anything about it. And I kind of feel like, it's almost, well, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's exciting watching something like that and having absolutely no expectation of what you're getting yourself into. Like, I didn't read the Wikipedia page. I didn't do any Googling. Like, all of these, um, like, cameos that were in it had no idea they were coming. Yeah. So that was super exciting for me. But you had previously seen it before, right? Yes. Okay. It's been a few years at least since I've watched it last so like I kind of remembered what it was about but not too too much so this is kind of like refreshing my memory I guess you could say Mm -hmm. so yeah um I will say in the beginning part like with the title screens um I really liked that it was like the old like illustrations from the books but with Nancy as, you know, Emma as Nancy, like it was Emma inserted into these older illustrations from the book. I thought that was a really nice touch because, you know, if you all 
are fans of the Nancy Drew books, the original books at least, there are illustrations like that throughout the books. And that's always one of my favorite parts because it's like always the really dramatic parts that they draw. Um, So I thought that was a really nice touch and kind of like a, a nod to people who are fans of the Nancy Drew book series. I really did enjoy that. So movie starts out and it's like what looks like an office kind of setting and Nancy is hiding in a closet while there are two guys that seem to be looking for something, um, maybe even robbing the place. And um, immediately I was hooked. Like I really, I really liked it and I really kind of identified with the way that Emma played this version of Nancy because I feel like this, I feel like this is what they should have done in the 2019 movie. Um, Because if you all will recall the 2019 version of Nancy, she's like this rebel and it's, it's kind of strange because I feel like that's not, true to Nancy's character at all. No. Um, I felt like the way that Emma portrayed her is a lot more of how um, she is in the games and in the books. Yeah. Um, I felt like it was more true, original Nancy Drew, kind of stuck in a modern world. I'll be honest with you, after the 2019 movie, this is my least favorite portrayal of Nancy Drew. I think it's terrible. It feels like a mockery of the character. Like they're just making fun of her. She is nothing like Nancy Drew from the books or any of the TV shows or games. It just feels like a mockery. But I do like the rest of the movie. If I like I like everything except for Nancy herself. I like everything else. I like all of the other characters that are in the books that are in this. I think they did a great job with those. I wish there was more of them, but I thought they were great. I like the mystery, the story. Like, I like the movie in general. I just don't like Nancy herself. Nancy always adapted to the time she was in. She was always modern and up to date. And this just makes it feel like they're making fun of her and that she's just stuck in the past and an outcast. And Nancy was always popular, other than, you know, with criminals. But (laughs) she was always popular, well-liked. She was just cool. You know, she was never meant to be an outcast, and I don't like that they made her one in this. Um, but, of course, it is way better than the 2019 version. Definitely more like Nancy than that one. But, uh, yeah, that's just another opinion and viewpoint on the movie. I hope I'm not alone in thinking that, but, <laughs> yeah. Between this one and the 2019 movie, I like this one, especially the beginning, a lot more. Yes, I definitely like the beginning part of this a lot more. I feel like the action of the guys that were robbing that office area is a lot more attention-grabbing than the beginning of the 2019 movie. If you all will remember, when I first started watching it, within the first 10 minutes of the 2019 movie, I fell asleep. Now, granted, (laughs) that could have been a combination of not being gripped from the get-go by the movie and also being tired from work so i'm going to give the 2019 movie the benefit of the doubt and say it was a combination of the two because i ended up really liking that movie um and you know spoiler alert i really liked this movie as well but i'll explain as we go along um but it was funny because like I said, Nancy was hiding in a closet and she ends up getting caught by these two guys that are robbing this office. And it's almost like she's acting like a counselor. 
to these two thieves and she convinces them um, to turn themselves in. And it's funny because, I mean, they're grown men. She's 16 years old. <laughs> Can I just say, this kind of stuff does not happen in the real world. No, it definitely doesn't. It definitely oh, doesn't. And I also got tickled because I recognized one of the robbers as um, a, an actor who used to be on Saturday Night Live, which is a show that, you know, is popular in America. I don't know if it's necessarily as pop popular in Canada. Um, kind of, you know, like an improv kind of show. Been on for years and years and years. And so I recognized him from that. And so I, I tickled at that. There were several people that I recognized in this movie, whereas in the 2019 um, movie, I didn't know anybody. I recognize um, quite a few people in this one too. Yeah, like several people. Um, so that was really cool. So, um, so like I said, Nancy convinces the guys that they need to turn themselves in, but then again, at the last minute, they kind of get cold feet and try to take off, and Nancy escapes. And um, Carson ends up showing up, and he's frustrated with Nancy because you know she's out here solving another mystery or, or you know doing something to that effect. And he had to leave court in order to make sure that she was okay. We find out that at this point, Nancy and Carson are going to California. Like you said, uh, Nancy was in charge of picking out the house that they're going to move into. And the one that she picked um, is shrouded in mystery. But she was trying to keep that away from Carson because we can tell like right from the get go. Carson is not happy with Nancy um, solving mysteries and being involved and sleuthing, um, I mean, to the point where he wants her to be a normal teenager, you know, kind of whatever that means. And I will say, out of all of the uh, examples of Carson being played in real life, uh, this is the one that I liked the least. Really? Yeah. I didn't feel like he added anything special to the character of Carson. Um, and maybe that's just me being really, really biased to Scott Wolf, who plays Carson in the TV show. And I'm familiar with the actor who played Carson in this movie. His, uh, his name's Tate Donovan. He's not a bad actor by any means. Um, I've seen him in a couple other movies. He did um, a Disney movie back in the day, which I didn't realize until I looked it up on Wikipedia. He actually was the voice of Hercules. <laughs> um, didn't realize that and I originally recognized him from a couple episodes of the TV show Friends so I immediately recognized him and I knew who he was so I'm not saying he's a bad actor I mean his portrayal of Carson was just average I feel like Carson and Nancy have a very strong bond in the books and in the TV show and even in the games and I just felt like that wasn't portrayed it didn't come across that way in this movie i 100% agree my least favorite portrayal of carson drew nothing against the actor tate donovan though because i love him i loved him in the oc and he was the voice of hercules in both the original movie and the cartoon tv series um and he dated sandra bullock and jennifer aniston like come on he's he's awesome uh but yeah least favorite portrayal of carson drew sadly <laughs> so they're moving to california and so the house that Nancy decided to pick for them to rent out once belonged to this really famous actress, Delia Draycott, who disappeared for five months. Um, 
So yeah, we start learning a little bit more about her. So she disappeared and then she came back and she threw this really lavish party for a bunch of guests at her house and wasn't anywhere to be found. And then was later found dead in her pool. And it's like, what happened? Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, I feel like this is pretty obvious and I'm not sure how familiar you are um, with famous unsolved cases in America, but I feel like this is a watered down version of a very famous California case. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. The black Dahlia. I don't think I've heard of it. Okay. So it was, um, I want to say in the fifties, fifties or sixties in California, this really beautiful woman, um, named Elizabeth short moved to California, wanting to be an actress, you know, your standard kind of story. Uh, I think she was 22 years old. Uh, she was quickly running out of money. She wasn't really having much luck as far as getting acting jobs. She had like bit parts here and there, um, nothing crazy. And then all of a sudden she was discovered murdered. And it was one of the most gruesome cases that I think probably the entire United States has ever seen. Um, So trigger warning, I'll just get into it very briefly and won't give a whole lot of gory details. But when she was found, it was in a vacant lot and she was actually uh, cut in half. And all of her blood was drained out of her body. Um, Yeah, it was, it was very gruesome, um, but it was done in a very professional way, which made police think that maybe whoever did it had some kind of medical knowledge. Um, It's still unsolved all these years later. Um, The area where she was found, I think is actually in the middle of a subdivision. Now I would not want to live in a house anywhere near that because I feel like that's just, bad vibes. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, I feel like, and the name is very similar, Delia, Dahlia, that kind of thing. So I feel like this is a watered down version of that kind of story. Mysterious death of a beautiful actress. So, um, I did like that kind of real world connection. I, I felt like it was a very interesting case for Nancy to be involved with, but like I said, she's trying to keep this hidden from her father because as we could tell, like right out of the starting gate, he is not pleased with her um, doing her sleuthing. Uh, of course, this information doesn't stay hidden for long. You know how that goes. Um, and even like for Nancy to not sleuth, that is just not like her. Yeah, not at all. She just, she can't do it. And that's understandable. I mean, it's what she's born to do. Let's just go ahead and say it. Yeah. Um, so Nancy and Carson are leaving the house and Hannah is there. And I thought it was an interesting choice that they made her um, foreign. I thought that same thing. Um, Cause she's never depicted that way in the books, but I mean, that's fine. You know, it's just a, a character choice. I mean, she had a very, very small role. She was on screen for like a minute. So, but they're getting on the road to go and catch a train. And as they're driving to catch this train, Nancy shouts out the window to Chief McGinnis that she is finished with sleuthing. And of course, you know, no, no one believes it. They're like, okay, 
Okay. Thanks. If you're not sleuthing. All right. Whatever you say. Yeah. They make it to their train and they're riding through the night and they finally arrive in California. And then um, they're like driving to this house that they're going to rent. And Carson almost hits a woman in the middle of the road because he's not paying attention. But it ends up being the realtor. And she is a character. (laughs) Very, very eccentric. Um, Why would she stand in the middle of the road? Is she wanting to get hit by a car? I have no idea. It was very strange. Um, Again, I just figured it was a character choice. And you like her name was Barbara Barbara. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, very Hollywood, I guess. I guess. Um, So they go in the house and Nancy is then convinced that she sees this ghost of the movie star that passed away in the home. But turns out that it's actually a projector and it was all like rigged and stuff in this house. I assume by the realtor because she's standing there laughing the whole time. Um, But Nancy tells Barbara that she's not doing mysteries anymore. And so they're going to actually need to find a new house to live in. But Barbara, Barbara says, you know, there's no exchanges. You're stuck with this. This is how it is. And oh, by the way, there's a really creepy caretaker that lives in an apartment down the hill. So have fun with that. Uh Um, And so his name is Mr. Leshing and he randomly pops up several times. And it's like, did you jump at any of those times? I absolutely did. Don't I always? (laughs) And... Here's another question, which I, I'm going to start asking now. Was Henry laying on you? Of course he was. <laughs> of course he was. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anytime um, that I, it's like this unspoken cue between the two of us. I pull my blanket up and he's like, all right, it's, it's time to get on the couch. And so he lays on me and falls asleep on me and snores. And then anytime I jump, it startles the crap out of him. And so he'll look at me like, what's going on? But then he's fine. Then he falls back asleep. And then we just repeat the process. However many times I jump. So, but yes, I did jump. Um, uh, I thought his character was uh, interesting to say the least. And um, I really like the aspect of a caretaker, someone who was um, around at that time and can give a little more insight into what happened at that house. So I thought that was a, a good little bit to add to the movie. So later on, Nancy is alone and she's unpacking since Carson had to um, take off and go to a deposition. And so she's, you know, kind of getting a feel for the house. She starts hearing like footsteps and wood creaking and things like that. And first she's kind of like, uh, you know, probably the house settling. I'm sure the house is old. I mean, my house is five years old and it creaks and groans and stuff. I mean, houses just make noise, you know, but I can understand you're in a new house. You're not familiar with the surroundings. It can be creepy. And she was home alone. Yeah, which that's just adds to it. Yeah. That adds to the creepy factor. So um, she goes and she looks in the hallway. She doesn't see anything. But by the time she walks back, she realizes that some of her stuff is missing, which is strange. Um, So a little bit later, Nancy's in bed reading 
totally Nancy. I love that. And she hears footsteps and she calls the caretaker and he answers the phone. So she knows that it's not him. So she did that as kind of like a test to see if it was him. So she runs downstairs to try to see if there's someone actually in the house. And there's the caretaker again. And of course I jumped. (laughs) So at this point, she thinks she probably should go and look in the attic. And then she goes up there and discovers that there's all kinds of stuff that belong to this famous actress that died in the house. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I found an attic like that, that was filled with that kind of stuff, I would be so down to go through it. Like I would be so excited. Oh yeah. (laughs) To look through all that. Cause who knows what's there. Um, so, uh, Nancy starts going through some of the stuff and she finds a lot of like old books and handwritten letters, uh, and things of that nature. And so, um, you know, then it's getting late. And so she, you know, realizes she needs to go to bed. And so the next morning she starts school in California. Um, now, you know, we don't have like definitive proof. I mean, we essentially do that river Heights is, you know, Midwest America, you know, your kind of rural area, so to speak. And so completely different than California. So Nancy sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Um, She even says it herself that she enjoys old fashioned things, which I mean, that's true to Nancy's character. However, it's not really old fashioned to her because that was the time period that the books were written. So, but I can appreciate the aesthetic because to me, the way that they dressed Emma Roberts for this movie, that's like quintessential Nancy in my opinion. Yeah. I have to say, I'm so sorry, but I, totally disagree about the clothing nancy never dressed like that in the books she it i don't know why they chose this for her in the movie but she never ever dressed like that she never had the headbands she never wore the plaid it just it definitely is not something nancy wore and one of my pet peeves i'll have to say is that when when people dress up as book nancy for halloween they always make her look like this because of the movie and i it bugs me a bit but Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I even wrote down, it's like the clothes almost seem like the 1930s themed outfits. Yeah. And every everyone else pretty much was like more for like the times, you know, like. Modern day. Yeah. 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 So it was interesting. And like all the kids had their cell phones and sidekicks, which that brought me back. Holy crap. Having sidekick phones. I never had one, but I knew a lot of my friends had that kind of phone. Um, and I thought they were so cool back in the day. Mm-hmm. And that was back in the day when I had a flip phone, <laughs> which I thought I was big pimping with my flip phone, you know, but, um, in <laughs> retrospect, I mean, it was a horrible phone. <laughs> didn't work very well, but you know, at, at that point I was taking what I could get and was happy with it. But, um, yeah, poor Did Nancy, you- she was struggling. Do you remember what, like, at the flip phones, you had to click, like, however many times to get the letter you wanted when you wanted to send someone a message? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was awful. Yeah. It was terrible. But, yes, I do remember that. Nancy's going through classes. I mean, she's excelling at everything she does. She's Nancy. I mean, this is normal normal behavior for anybody that's familiar with Nancy. She makes it to lunch, and she's just sitting with 
this random group of kids, including these really two mean girls who I did not like. Nope. Because they were rude. Oh, really? funny. Yeah. Just not a fan. And so one of them distracts her and the other girl steals Nancy's cupcake. And it's, it was just super rude. And so later on that day, Nancy goes to a basketball game and um, this guy, I say guy, it was really a kid younger than her that had kind of flirted across the cafeteria at her apparently starts choking in front of everybody and nobody like moves like this kid's laying on the ground saying that he's choking and no one's helping no one even moves a muscle and so nancy's like i know cpr i know cpr and so she goes down there to try to help him but then the kid starts laughing and so she realizes that it was a setup by the mean girls because apparently that younger boy is the brother of one of the mean girls and it was just, it was super rude because it was like, everybody started laughing and, you know, I was never the new kid at school. So I don't know from experience what that feels like, but I'm sure it's hard. Yeah. And then now you have a whole gym full of kids that you don't even know laughing at you. Yeah. I felt like, bad for Nancy. Yeah. That's not a good time. Not, a, not getting off to a good start. And I even, like, agreed with Nancy when she was talking to the principal of, like, changes and stuff to happen at the school. She even said, like, CPR should be, like, a course that everyone should take, you Mm -hmm. know, just in case something, like, someone's choking does happen, then everyone knows what to do. Yeah. No, that's really important. So let's talk about that for a minute. Because in America, we don't get to learn any of the, you know, really important life things in school, like how to change a tire on a car, how to balance a checkbook, how to get a mortgage. No, we learned stupid stuff like math. Yeah. That doesn't matter. We all have calculators. We all have phones. Yeah. Like, so I, with Nancy, you need life skills like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, school is important. Don't get me wrong with all these courses we have to take. But we should have real world classes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I don't know about you in Canada. We don't have anything like that in America. I don't even think we have that kind of stuff in Canada. Yeah. Like, unless you actually, unless you actually take specific courses for those things. Yes. Extra stuff. They don't even offer that kind of stuff. The closest thing that we would have to that would be like home economics. And even in that, you learn, like, how to cook, which don't get me wrong, that's important, too. But there are other life skills that you need to learn, too. Yeah. So I agree with Nancy. You know, some changes need to be made. But I could also see how that can come across as, like, being snobby and being pretentious, even though she doesn't mean it that way. So needless to say, she struggles this first day. Um, and she ends up going home. And so she goes back up into the attic and she's looking through, um, Delia's stuff some more. And once again, she starts hearing these footsteps. And so she goes to investigate, but doesn't find anything. And then, um, she goes back to looking through more of Delia's stuff and she finds all these old films and she starts watching them. And it turns out they're like cutscenes and bloopers 
from some of these uh, movies that this actress was in. And I, I thought it was really cool that there was a list of movies she was in. Most of them were actually names of the books. Did you catch that? No. Yeah. There was like a, a part, it was real quick, but it was a long list of names of like feature movies that she was in. And most of them were, were book titles. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Then, of course, at that moment, another jump scene when the caretaker shows up and startles Nancy as well. And we find out that um, the caretaker was actually there the night that the actress died. Um, And we find out that Delia apparently had never married, um, which was kind of strange for that time. And so Nancy does a little bit of deep diving on the internet and she finds this fan website and finds out some information there. And I think that also showed a list of some of the movies that the uh, actress was in that were um, named after some of the book titles. Um, And then uh, Nancy hears someone at the front door and it turns out to be that kid from earlier. His name is Corky, which makes me wonder if that's a nickname that can't be that kid's name. No, <laughs> that has to be a nickname. Um, and so he apologizes and basically confirms, you know, his sister, the mean girl put him up to it, all that. Yeah. Um, and it's very obvious that the kid likes Nancy, but he's like 12. <laughs> Can I just say it almost seemed like, he he reminds me of Dave from Shadow Ranch. I was just half expecting him to ask Nancy if she had a steady back home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was kind of similar to that. <laughs> Nancy is still trying to figure out what happened to Delia. So she's trying not to sleuth, but she's sleuthing at the same time. You know, old habits die hard. You know, Nancy, she's, she's got to be doing some kind of research. That's just who she is. And so she decides to take stills from the last movie that she filmed. And she put them not in movie order, but in film order. Because um, she had recently learned that things were not filmed from beginning to end. That filming is typically nonlinear. And what she realized was that about the last month or so of filming, she wasn't shown in full body form. She was shown from like chest up. Yeah. Which immediately makes you think, was she pregnant and unmarried? Yeah. Because back then that was like scandalous. And it's like, you could tell when Nancy was watching them, one of the movies, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Like, on De- and you can tell on Delia's face that, like, she's, you know, she's bothered by something, but we just don't know what it is. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Nancy starts noticing that there's uh, a gentleman in all of these pictures with Delia, but it's blurry. Can't really see any facial features or anything like that. While she's looking at all these pictures... Um, there's like this sudden, like huge gust of wind and a window slams shut. So, you know, strange things are happening. So at this point, Nancy decides that she's going to go on a movie set to try to find some answers about what happened to Delia and who was there playing himself, but none other than Bruce Willis. (laughs) The first time I watched this, I'm like, (laughs) 
I didn't quite, I wasn't really paying attention to that, but then I watched it this time. I was like, oh yeah, there he is. (laughs) (laughs) Which was really funny. And um, it was funny because Mark was watching it with me and he said, I didn't know Bruce Willis was in this movie. And I said, well, I didn't know either. I didn't do any research on this. But then he told me that in real life, Bruce Willis is good friends with Emma Roberts' family. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I didn't know that. So that kind of explains why he was there. While Nancy was going through all of those like movie stills, she found this one particular picture of Delia and she's wearing a robe that has what looks like an X on it. And so she's trying to figure out, you know, where she could have gotten that robe. So she calls a bunch of different hotels and places like that. And she comes up empty handed but then she finds out that it's actually not an X. It's a design of like two palm trees that are crossing. And so Nancy finds out that that's actually the symbol of um, this particular spa. And so Nancy goes there, but records were destroyed, which I mean, that, you know, that makes sense because it was so long ago. Nancy then decides that she's going to try checking at the local hospital to see if she can find birth records, which... <laughs> My brain immediately starts going off, girl, you're not going to find anything because of protected health information laws. Yeah. 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 You're not going to, you're not going to find anything, but you know, it's a movie so I can look past it. And it's like every time in like the movies or like the show, Nancy tries to find an information and obviously like I can understand like the personal information. You got to keep that private, Mm -hmm. but there's always some way Nancy works things out and she gets the information anyway <laughs> yeah she's a wizard like this is just what she does she was meant to do this kind of stuff she can get information from literally anyone yeah it's kind of crazy um so she's talking to the guy in the records department and he's like you know i can't give this information out to you this is protected information and so nancy always finding a way <laughs> persuades him with uh, a pastry that Hannah had made and this just made the guy's day. And so he ended up giving her um, the name of the local pediatrician that would have taken care of children um, during that time period. So Nancy then goes on the chase of trying to find records from this doctor. And so she's speaking to a girl in records at that office and the girl's like super distracted, but thinks that she's slick at the same time. And Nancy, of course, is smarter than literally anybody in any room she's in. And so she gets the information before the girl even realizes it. Yeah. Amateur. Um, (laughs) So she takes that information and she goes home and she starts researching these different names of these children that were born on that particular day. And she comes up with a couple of names and, Then she comes up with a ton of addresses. So she has the difficult job of now tracking down all of these people to try to determine if they were adopted or not, because that's most likely what would have happened. I mean, if Delia was pregnant, you know, obviously when she died, there wasn't a child she was taking care of. So if she was pregnant, the baby would have been adopted. So it makes sense. And so Nancy's calling all these people and knocking on doors and not having really any luck at all. But then she finally finds one girl 
by one of the names that she discovered, which was Jane Brighton. And this girl was adopted. So maybe we've got something there. Um, I feel as though this was probably like the last name that <laughs> the last person Nancy went to. Yeah, which that's usually how it ends up going. You know, we've seen that before in the books and the games. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Corky is there with Nancy. And of course, he's like real flirty and whatever and it's weird because like I said he's 12 and Nancy is 16 and you know whatever and so Nancy's just you know being nice to him and um, then all of a sudden this car tries to literally run them over but luckily they're able to get away and you know crazy things happen to Nancy and she doesn't really think a whole lot about it and goes on about what she's doing and then later that day she's with Carson and she gets a threatening phone call. So must be on the right track somewhere along the lines. I mean, otherwise she wouldn't have gotten a threatening phone call. In the Nancy Drew world, Nancy always gets a phone call, a note, or both, telling mm-hmm. her to back off and, or else she's going to get hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty standard. I mean, at this point, it, it probably happens to her at least once a week. I don't doubt that. <laughs> so... You know, just another day work for her. Um, And so Nancy decides that she's going to try to track down the estate attorney that was handling Delia's estate when she passed away. And she's got all these questions and this information for him. And of course, she gets blown off, you know, and he has bigger fish to fry and really doesn't have time to talk to her. And so at this point, Nancy goes back to Jane to try to tell her, you know, what she's learned so far. But Jane answers the phone and is very, or answers the door and she's very strange and tells Nancy to go away. And it's kind of strange and confusing. It's like, okay, we just talked and you were interested in what I had to say. And now I come back and you don't want anything to do with me. It's kind of a night and day reaction. But it's by her reaction, it seemed like something else was going on. Absolutely. It did. And it's like, you know, obviously we don't, know yet like what happened what the whole situation was leading up to this point so yeah and so later on that evening nancy's asleep when the ghost of delia talks to her and says that her will is in a chinese box so i mean you know helpful but still you know not very descriptive so um Nancy talks to the caretaker Lushing and he says that there was a box and a bunch of other stuff that was sold to like an antique dealer. Um, so the stuff isn't there anymore. And then um, it was about that same time when uh, Nancy's birthday was actually coming up and her father had a surprise for her. And so she goes outside and she sees that her blue roadster is there waiting for her and Ned drove it there to surprise her which was really cute. Oh, I got it. was very cute. (laughs) But I feel like whoever the kid was that played Ned portrayed him in a really whiny kind of way. Yeah. I mean, not, not the kind of Ned that we're used to, but it was funny because Nancy was like blowing him off. I I thought the same (laughs) thing. And like Ned, I'm so used to Ned being like this big, like, you know, in the books, we obviously know he plays football. So he has to have like, like a big muscular, you know, football player type build and stuff. In the mm-hmm. movie, he was just like almost skinny like a toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, 
what? Yeah. <laughs> but but it, was, it was funny because it was like the way Nancy was treating him was kind of like the way that game Nancy treats Ned. <laughs> Forgetting about dates and stuff. Poor Ned. I will say, though, because the actor that plays Ned in the movie is Max Tayru. And he played, I never watched the show, but he was in Bates Motel. Oh, was in, he? Yeah. And he's in, like, SEAL Team that's on now. And, oh. Oh, oh, my gosh, he is really buffed up, man. Oh, really? <laughs> I gotta send you a picture. He's like, like, if you see Ned in the movie and you see him now, present day, he's, like, two times the size. Oh, wow. Like, bigger. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, poor Ned. Yeah. <laughs> God love him. Um, and so... Of course, these mean girls are watching, you know, kind of in the shadows, and they think Ned is cute, which, I mean, Ned obviously only has eyes for Nancy, always, so. And uh, the one quirky sister, oh my gosh, she's like, oh my gosh, Ned's gonna be my future husband, oh my goodness, oh my gosh, I just wanted to smack her. Yeah, it was super annoying. And this was kind of strange. <laughs> Nancy takes Ned and Corky to this um, area of town that I guess you could call Chinatown because she's trying to track down where that Chinese box was sold to. And um, Nancy, of course, wanders off, which I feel like this was kind of true Nancy, like from the books, kind of just in her own world, doing her own thing, has her own agenda, that kind of thing. Um and so she wanders off into this store and this one store she goes into is literally full of boxes. Mm-hmm. So they all have to just start in a section of the store, look in all these boxes and try to find the box that has the will in it. So they go through everything and they don't find anything. And so they head back to Nancy's car when she looks in the back seat and realizes that there's a bomb like okay okay this is very stay tuned for danger for me but okay um and so she you know somewhat nonchalantly picks up the bomb and throws it down an open drain in the ground and it explodes and like when nancy goes flying obviously we see two after the the shot of ned and corky and ned obviously like runs to nancy checking to see if she's okay but then I'm like, if Corky likes Nancy, why didn't he go check on her? Yeah. Like. Because then again, I mean, he's a kid. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but she wakes up just in time to see that the car that had tried to run her and Corky over earlier was there. And so she starts driving after um the SUV to try to stop them. And she's kind of having this like inner monologue with herself where she's saying she has to stop working this case. She has to be normal, you know, whatever normal means, who knows at this point. Um, And then, uh, you know, after that chase, which I thought was funny, she said, I'm not going over the speed limit. (laughs) Not really a chase if you're not going over the speed limit, Nance, but okay. Okay, I know I keep popping in, but I was told that I could 
give my opinions for the movie. Anyways, um, so the thing about the whole I'm not going to drive over the speed limit thing is actually very Nancy Drew from the revised text. Like, it's so Nancy Drew. Not from the original text. The original text, she would she would go as fast as she could, you know, just to catch the criminal. But in the revised text, she would never go faster than the law permitted. Like, even to chase a criminal. So this is very revised text Nancy Drew. And so she ends up back at um, the house and Carson is leaving, I assume, to go do something work related. And so Nancy is trying to be normal and she's painting a picture of Ned and Corky, which to me is not normal, but okay, normal to Nancy, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so Carson leaves and, you know, Nancy goes back to looking at Delia's stuff and she ends up finding a secret passageway in the attic that leads down into the basement of the house and she also finds a tunnel that leads into this other woman's apartment somewhere close by and that was very strange but you know important information that we'll need for later um and so scene changes and it's the next day and Nancy is starting to give out invitations to her birthday party um which I thought was kind of sad that she was giving out invitations to her own party, but okay. Um, Whatever you say, Nancy. And she gave it to everybody. Literally everybody. A lot of people. Now, my question is, did even Bess and George go? No. I don't think so. If they didn't, that's extra sad. Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. And so... uh, Nancy goes to try to give Jane and Jane's daughter an invitation. Um, But when Nancy gets to their apartment, she sees that they were actually evicted. And so they're gone. That's sad. Which was very sad. Um, But now it's time for the party. Uh, First ones to show up are those mean girls. And then literally everybody and their mother shows up. And so it was a full house. And during this time, it was almost kind of like a replay of what happened with the actress because Nancy sneaks off during her party and she ends up calling um, the caretaker, Lushing. Um, And meanwhile, while all of this is happening, that mean girl Inga is flirting with Ned and Ned is looking obviously uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Poor guy. Um, And at this point, Nancy is thinking that Leshing is this mysterious Z character who Delia had written letters to. Um, And then at this point, Nancy gets another threatening phone call that she needs to stop doing what she's doing. Otherwise, she's going to get hurt. Nancy then gets a phone call that Carson is delayed getting to the party because he was going to come to the party. And then at that point, Ned brings in this ginormous looking cake for Nancy, which is very sweet. And then, of course, it ends up getting destroyed by someone, knocking it out of Ned's arms and tearing it up. And then it was like at this point, people started like tearing down decorations from the ceiling and it started really getting wild. And then all of a sudden, the other mean girl, not Inga. I don't know if we ever caught the name of the other mean girl, did we? I don't think so. But I don't think we did. Her name is Trish. Trish. Oh, it it was mentioned like once. Yeah. That's why I didn't remember it. Trish. So, turns out, she passed out after making out with some guy who had eaten peanuts. And she's allergic. Can I be honest for a second? Yeah. Um, Because I am allergic to peanuts, too. Is it 
weird that I am actually scared of if I do end up like in Trisha's situation and make up with some guy that the same kind of thing could happen to me no I don't think that's something to be scared of because um I once knew a kid who now is much older because this was years ago who had probably the worst peanut allergy of anybody that I've ever known um his was so bad And I assume that it's still this bad because he was told by doctors that he would most likely never grow out of his allergy. He has to uh, avoid this particular part of a town that's close to where we grew up because there is a peanut butter factory. He can't even breathe the air near it. He's that allergic. So no, I don't think that that's something to be scared of because allergies like that are very real and very serious. Um, I'm, I'm lucky in that way, I guess you could say, because like for me, I'm obviously like if I smell nuts and all that kind of stuff, I'm fine. It's uh as soon as I eat it. Yeah. Then that's when it's trouble. So is your allergy so bad that you have to have like an EpiPen or? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like, at least here in Canada, it's like on a, like, I think it's on a scale of like one to five five being the highest mine was at like a level four. Oh wow yeah so and it's like i had to do when i was younger i did it and even a few years ago i did like the allergy testing where like they have to prick my arm with all these different kinds of like allergens and stuff between yeah. like animals and food stuff and it's like yeah it's i have like the whole list of everything and whatever so yeah <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned that because literally Mark and I were driving to work today because we carpool because we work really close together and we were literally talking about allergy tests and I guess he has had it in the past I've never done it but it sounds absolutely miserable and it's like (laughs) it can be because it's like it takes a while to get like the results and all that kind of stuff yeah and it's like you can't scratch and like on your arms because you know like with all this the bumps and stuff that you get so yeah. it's like <laughs> i it it can be a pain yeah that sounds like a horrible time yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it is handy though to so that you know like what you're allergic to yeah and what to stay away from yeah so no i mean that makes sense For sure. But yeah, so this girl is laying there having like this big allergic reaction and Nancy ends up saving the day and getting help. And um, because of that, the other mean girl, Inga, offers to take Nancy and Ned shopping, which was like a backhanded compliment. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm going to take you shopping um, because, you know, your outfits are terrible. But she should look at herself. She looks like she just thrown a whole bunch of stuff together. I mean, really, it did. Like, it was just, like, there was nothing cohesive about the clothes that she was wearing. It was, like, a mixed match of all these different kinds of things just thrown together. Yeah. Okay. At least Nancy's sets were matching, but okay. (laughs) You know, whatever. Carson makes it back around this time and has the opposite reaction of your typical parent. He was like super excited that Nancy threw a wild party and was doing normal things that normal teenagers do. And even the cop that was there was like, 
Okay, that's not the reaction I was thinking about, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of funny. So it's like, I guess the next day, and Inga takes them shopping. And then shortly after that, Ned has to go back to River Heights. And you can tell that Nancy likes Ned, but it was like this typical Nancy thing of like pushing the feelings down, not talking about them, being kind of awkward about it. You know, normal Nancy behavior, pretty much across the board, except for the books. (laughs) And she even like asked, Ned this like complex question and he after she's Poor like, guy's like repeat it. <laughs> oh my that, gosh like that was a real Nancy thing to do I got tickled at that too yeah at this point um Ned leaves and uh Carson left Nancy a birthday gift and it's a new phone which is pretty cool. And then um, there was a knock at the door and it turns out that it's Jane from earlier. And we find out that child protective services took her little girl from her. And so Nancy gets Carson to help Jane get her little girl back. Jane said that after Nancy went to her the first time, she was then threatened by someone who had two different colored eyes. So that's an important piece of information to keep in your back pocket for later. Do you know what that term is called? Random question. I know it has a name and I've heard it before, but no, I couldn't tell you what it is. Heterochromia iridium. Okay. The, the yeah, only reason that. I the only reason I know that is because I have the same thing, but mine is sectoral. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my right eye is to- like all blue. My left eye is mostly blue with a little piece of brown. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that, I think, I don't think it's super common, but I know someone as well that has it um, back from high school. Uh, but I think that's the only person that I I know that has it. Yeah. Besides you. <laughs> so, so try saying that name five times fast. I absolutely would not be able to. <laughs> Just you know, being honest. But that's interesting. I didn't know that you had that. Yeah. It's like, I don't advertise it that often. So that's a little, that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, for sure it is. So the next day, um, Carson and Jane and Nancy are at like the courthouse trying to get the child protective services situation squared away. And um, up comes that estate lawyer earlier that kind of snubbed Nancy when she was trying to get information from him. And apparently he is there to meet Carson Um, And so at this point, Jane and Nancy end up going back to Nancy's house and they are watching one of Delia's old movies and we uh, they're sitting there watching it. And Nancy realizes that there's a scene where there's this Chinese box and it ended up being the last box that Nancy looked at at that store in Chinatown. And turns out there's a secret lever on the side that hides a secret compartment in the box. Because, of course, there is. (laughs) Like, that's kind of a standard Nancy happening, really. Yeah. Um, So she realizes, you know, we got to go back to the store, find this box, and then hopefully the will is going to be in it. And so um, Nancy uh, goes to the store, ends up finding the will, starts looking through it, and learns that Delia was indeed pregnant. And had a girl and 
all of her estate goes to the daughter, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty standard. And so Nancy, of course, is walking alone in Chinatown. And I'm like, girl, this is not, this isn't good. Something's going to happen. You've got important documents. You're by yourself. And like, why would she read them in the middle of the street? I know. I mean, it's probably just the excitement of finally finding the document that she needed to find and just being so ready to read it and find out really what's going on. So I get it, but yeah, it's definitely not smart. (laughs) So, you know, but we all have those moments. And so at this point, Nancy gets the phone that Carson gave her for her birthday and she calls him and he's confused because he says he didn't give her a phone. And she then puts two and two together that it was a setup. And we see, you know, on someone else's screen that her making that phone call essentially tells whoever gave it to her exactly where she's at. It's like a GPS, you know, like where your phone pings off of a tower and it essentially tells people where you are. Like, who gave her that phone in the first place? Someone slipped it, I guess, using the secret passageway in the house. Probably. How convenient. So, of course, a car comes up and all these men grab Nancy and throw her in the car. And she ends up waking up in this room that has a bunch of movie equipment in it and she's locked in. But she still has the compass that Ned had given her earlier for her birthday. Um, and so the men that took Nancy are like downstairs in the theater. It looks like she's in a movie theater. It oh, this part reminded me of the final scene. It absolutely reminded me of the final scene as well. A hundred percent. Nancy makes her escape from that room and she like goes up on this catwalk looking area, which looked really rickety and scary. And Nancy, you know, using her noggin like she usually does. She rigs a piece of string in a paperclip and she ends up being able to pick up the will and gets it back from these guys without them realizing it. And around that time, one of the men got up to check the room and said that she wasn't in there. She had somehow gotten out. And at that point, God love her, she falls off the catwalk. (laughs) And they start chasing her. Um, And so she, you know, like the baddie that she is, jumps off of a fire escape and onto the back of a dump truck and then runs to her car. But by that time, they're in their vehicle again, which was the one that, you know, attempted to run her over earlier in the movie, trying to chase her down. Um, And she ends up wrecking her car, but she's okay, which is good. Um, but nonetheless, she's being checked out at the hospital and, uh, Nancy tries to lie to Carson at first, but then she comes clean pretty quickly and says that she's been working on this case. And so of course he's upset because, you know, like I said earlier, he's wanting her to be like a normal teenager and not get into dangerous things. Like what can happen when you're trying to solve a mystery like this? Yeah. Then all of a sudden that a state attorney shows up again to check on Nancy and Carson. And um, I thought that was strange. And then Carson says that um, the estate attorney is going to give him some remote work so that they can go back to River Heights. And I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. This isn't something's not working here. Yeah. 
there's, uh-huh. there's something else going on here to try to get you all to leave California. The lawyer then says that uh, he's got to sign some kind of paper and then ends up mentioning that his middle initial is Z. And Nancy's like, I've seen that before. <laughs> so he ended up being the guy that was blurry in all the pictures with Delia and um, the driver of the attorney is the man with two different colored eyes. And so, you know, at this point they're in the state attorney's car, Nancy and Carson are, and Nancy's like, we got to get out of here. And so Nancy makes a very dangerous move and jumps out of a moving car. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good way to break all your bones, but okay. That the attorney's Zed reminded me of Zorro. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty similar. Yeah. So Nancy then gets to that woman's apartment from earlier where the tunnel leads out of, and she calls the police and the bad guys at this point are after her. And turns out that this attorney owns um, that house and the apartments that are there. So Nancy goes through the tunnel trying to get away and Z is there. We find out that he actually killed, um, Dahlia and that the caretaker Leshing was actually the father of Delia's baby. Yeah. So it was a lot of information in a short amount of time. So we find out that Delia was apparently that attorney's only client and um, things were not good for them between them near the end. And so he ended up killing her. And so Nancy gets away from him, but the other guys, um, that were working for him come in the house and she's like cornered, but she goes upstairs and then here comes caretaker to save the day to the secret passageway with a shovel, with a shovel, which is so savage and amazing. And Nancy, <laughs> God love her, recorded the conversation with that estate attorney. So she has all the proof that she needs. Um, and then at this point, Corky and the mean girls come into the room. and It was kind of weird. It just came out of nowhere. Like, literally out of nowhere. And now they're, like, all about Nancy. Like, oh, my gosh, your outfits are so cool. I love it. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Like, no. You haven't been nice to Nancy this whole movie. Get out of here. Exactly. That's how I feel. (laughs) Um, And so Nancy then spills the beans to Leshing that Jane is his daughter. And he had, like, no clue about that. And then it was at this point that everyone came in the room and Jane and Lushing hug and essentially meet at like for the first time. And Jane ends up getting her daughter back from child protective services, which is great. And then um, Carson tells Nancy that he's really proud of her for everything that she's done, which that was a sweet moment. I did. I did like that. And then we find out that um, Jane ends up taking over the entire apartment complex and tells that realtor from earlier, Barbara, Barbara, that she doesn't need any help renting it, that it's going to be a place for everyone to stay that needs help. You're fired. Yeah, essentially. Essentially. Yeah, which is good. And so now Nancy and Carson are back in River Heights and Ned is working on helping fix up Nancy's car from the earlier wreck. and. Ned said that Nancy's only happy when there's trouble, which truer words have never been stated. I don't think, I mean, it's pretty much hits the nail on the head, you know? Um, 
And so they actually kissed, which was really cute. And then um, Carson is standing in the doorway of the house and says that Nancy has a phone call about the Loch Ness monster and missing diamonds in Scotland. And I felt like that was kind of alluding to potentially another movie, which obviously never was made. At one point, it was reported that Emma Roberts had signed on to do a sequel for the Nancy Drew movie, but that obviously never happened. I'm not sure why it didn't, but I'm sure somebody knows. Uh, maybe Jen Fisher knows. She did consulting on the movie. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure why they didn't go along with the sequel. I think it would have been really good if they did. And then that's pretty much the end of the movie. And it ends kind of the same way as the title screens that came up in the beginning with the um, like book illustrations. It's uh, from the movie. I, uh, I, it was nice that, like, even I don't. Did you notice that it, in the beginning of the movie with those illustrations, there was it featured some Nancy Drew books? Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, I really like that. Those are actually books that were donated by Nancy Drew collectors. Years after the movie came out, I was able to get my hands on one of those books. I have the Quest of the Missing Map, which is volume number nineteen of the Nancy Drew mystery stories. And it came with a certificate of authenticity. And it has the name of what the movie was originally going to be called, which is Nancy Drew, The Mystery in Hollywood Hills. So that was going to be the title before they just shortened it to Nancy Drew. And I liked it too that obviously like Jane made the house into like a home for people that needed it. And she, Mm -hmm. it was more specifically a home for single mothers. Yeah. Which is like... Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I felt like the cast was really good. Like I said, the only person that I really wasn't happy with in the cast was um, Carson. I felt like that could have been um, done a little bit better, but you know, it is what it is. At least they had a good moment there at the end. I kind of wish there had been another movie because I really liked it. Uh, It was very different than the 2019 version of Nancy Drew. I feel like they probably could have done another movie and it probably would have done okay. I don't think this one did super, super good. From everything that I saw, it was kind of like average run-of-the-mill ratings. So so I'm on Wikipedia and it was saying it opened at number seven in the U.S. box office. The film grossed uh, almost 6.8 million roughly on its opening weekend and since grossed over 25 million in the u.s and over Uh 5 million internationally on rotten tomatoes it had an approval rating of 49 percent from 138 critics and it it's keeps going to say that emma roberts is bubbly and charming as nancy drew the junior detective, but despite her best efforts, Nancy Drew still lacks excitement, surprise, and compelling secondary characters. So it's like so many like reviews and responses to it. So like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like your average thing where it's like the fans of Nancy liked it more than critics did, which I mean makes sense because I feel like a lot of movies are that way. Um, But I will say I do agree that there was a lack of um, meaningful secondary characters. They could have done a little bit more with that. Um, Now, I do understand we're working with an hour and 40 minutes here. And so certain things do have to get cut. So I get that. 
you know? Um, but I mean, there are a couple things that could have made the story a little deeper. Yeah. But I mean, overall, I don't think it was a bad movie by any means. I would definitely watch it again. I thought Emma Roberts did a, a really good Nancy Drew, much more similar to um, book and game Nancy, much more so than the 2019 movie Nancy. Overall, I liked that aspect of it. Like I said, I, I enjoy going into this literally not knowing anything that's going to happen. Yeah. I think it makes it a little bit better for me than if I had spoiled it and read about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I really liked it. And it's, it's interesting to see other people's interpretation of Nancy and her story. Um, yeah. Cause I, I feel like different people resonate with different aspects of her, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but she's just such a timeless character that it's almost like you could stick her in any time period and it would work. Yeah. So what would you rate the movie? Um, are we doing out of five stars or out of 10? I think the last time we did out of 10. Okay. Um, I would probably put this one probably eight out of 10. Yeah. Like I said, Carson really didn't do anything for me. Um, he wasn't really like super prevalent in the story, but I feel like he could have been acted in a way where it would have made him like a bigger character. If that makes sense. Like, even though he didn't have a lot of scenes, he didn't have a lot of lines. I feel like the way that Tate Donovan played him was kind of forgettable. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, you know, so that's one of the big things that I would have changed. As far as Emma Roberts, I don't think I would have changed really anything about the way that she played Nancy. I thought it was very good. Like I said, very similar to book Nancy, but I feel like Emma put her own take on it as well. Overall, yeah, I feel comfortable saying at eight out of 10 stars. Probably say the same. Eight out of 10. Four out of 10 for me. Maybe five. I like pretty much everything except Nancy. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty strong story. There's a, probably a couple things that could have changed. Um, yeah. It did have suspense, uh, a few jump scares, which that's always good. You know, I mean, it, it was good. It really was. I've got a few other things here Okay. <laughs> from Wikipedia again. So before Emma Roberts was cast, Amanda Bynes was considered for the role, but her schedule prevented her from taking it. Honestly, I could not really see Amanda Bynes doing Nancy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, um, I read that as well. And I definitely agree with you. And that's not even taking into account that she is like crazy pants now, which I, I hate that because I feel like she was a very, very talented child star. Um, but even so, I don't see her having the personality to play a role like Nancy because I feel like Amanda was more um when she was acting regularly I feel like she was more of a comedic act actress and that's not what you need for playing Nancy you know like, it's more of a more serious role I just like, don't know how that would have turned out like some character characters some actors can play certain characters but if they try to do like something that they're not used to doing then it you know doesn't put a good spin on the movie i guess you could say yeah Does that makes sense so yeah yeah 
So I, I think Emma uh, Roberts was a good choice. Um, when it was filmed, I mean, she was a, around the same age, 16, 17. So that worked. But I, I do understand, and this was something that Mark and I had kind of talked about. It was like, if they had done a second movie, it would have had to have been fast if they wanted to stay with her being Nancy because she hasn't aged a whole lot, but she has aged a little bit. You know what I mean? So it, it's hard where Nancy doesn't age. Yeah. It's hard to try to get the same person over and over and over to play her. And fun fact, Emma Roberts and Julia Roberts are related. Yes. Yep. Emma Roberts is Julia Roberts's niece. Yep. Another thing I have written down is that during filming, Emma Roberts did not have her driver's license. I saw that too. So I'm guessing that like during the whole when Nancy was supposed to be driving, she's probably on a rig or something to move her around. I think so. Which I think that's probably how they film anyways. Yeah. Just generally when you're driving, you're filming like a driving kind of scene. Um, Because I, I don't know really how you would do that otherwise, because I feel like if you're driving, like if you're on a road and there's bumps, then obviously the camera's going to move. But like if you're in a car on a like a tractor trailer kind of scenario, it's probably going to be much smoother. And I don't know about you, but like when I just like just any TV show and there's like those driving scenes, you can tell when you're looking like head on at the characters, that's not a real background. Yeah. It's fake. And yeah. then they would do like the headshots, you know, like the overhead. And it's like looking as though they're actually on a real road. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and final thing. Did you know that the elderly neighbor was portrayed by Pat Carroll, the voice of Ursula and Morgana from The Little Mermaid? I did not know that. Yeah. She just recently passed away. Did you know that? Yes, I did. And like, did you know, was it some, weeks ago. some actor that played Sebastian? Was it last year? A couple of years ago, he passed away. I did not know that. There we go. We traded information. <laughs> but it like sad information but you know yeah yeah you know, I'm, like i'm kind of glad that she's able to do morgana and ursula so they didn't have to change actors yeah no it definitely makes sense yeah oh i just remembered the music at certain points reminded me of message in a haunted mansion yeah i could see that I can see that for sure, which is pretty cool because, I mean, she's in California for most of the movie. So, yeah, kind of fitting. Yeah. Kind of works out. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz podcast. You can find us on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. You can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and our Facebook group and on Twitter at River Height Buzz with just one Z. Check us out next week as we dive into Nancy Drew Mystery Stories number 18, Mystery of the Moss Covered Mansion. You got it. Yay. Because <laughs> most of the time I end up screwing it up. <laughs> like we've said before on the podcast, guys, we don't 
always do our episodes in order as of like during the summer because <laughs> it's like our schedules are crazy. Yeah. Like we got to get this stuff done ahead of time just in case something comes up, you know. Yep. So this we are recording this episode like a m- month and a half ahead. Yeah, like almost right at a month and a half ahead. Yeah. Anyways, so. remember guys, send us your questions yep. for the Q&A that's coming out later in the month of October. So, yeah. See you next time, guys. Bye, everyone. <laughs>